this is really like reinforcing my belief of like, I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good with yeah. where I am. I got Hulu. I got the Hulu. I'm, I'm <laughs> now the Hulu you have now. Hulu, it's like, now you I really don't need to leave the house. Kevin Arnold, my guy. It's awesome. How many seasons have you watched? Or are you still in season I'm one? towards the end of season two right now. How many seasons are there? I'm not sure. I'm not letting myself get too far ahead. I'm just enjoying the experience. That's hard to do. I can't do Handful that. of episodes at a time. Just, you know, it's nice. I feel like I remember watching the finale live on TV. I don't know how old mm. I was, but I think old it was enough to remember it. That's what I was going to guess. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I was unclear about whether or not they ended up together at the end. And it's not that I, I couldn't remember. I remember not being able to figure it out. Do you want me to tell you? Or do yeah, you yeah. Wait? You can just tell me. They do not end up together. I respect that. I'm pretty sure. I'm, you know, like I'm pretty sure that's how that went. I don't believe they ended up together. I kind of like appreciate endings sometimes where like the main characters don't end up yeah. together. In my story, I'm like still, I kind of had it in my head. I'm like, oh, well, this is definitely how it will end. And that's was always how it was going to be. And now that I'm almost at that point, I'm like, maybe not. Are you really there? Are you at the, are you at the, the conclusion? I'm getting close. I'm getting, yeah. Yeah. This is exciting. It is. But then I'm going to have to go backwards and fix the whole beginning. <laughs> There's a big mess. You know, like holes that I left. There's some so. trimming probably that needs to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, not editings per se, but like there's some, you know, yeah. final touches, garnishing. Yes. Super cool. I'm really yeah. excited for you. Thanks. Me too. Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media, at pod4creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. A couple of weeks ago, I came across the tweet and I thought of us because it had to do with podcasting. It came from Taylor Lorenz, who writes for uh, the New York Times. She's a reporter for the New York Times and writes a lot about technology. And I don't think this was her article, but it was an opinion piece that talked about podcasting in general and kind of the rise of popularity in podcasting. And the quote in this opinion piece was, podcasting is all free balling. It's the opposite of polished. And because of that, it resonates. Now, Taylor kind of countered it and said that this is quite literally untrue and that many of the most popular podcasts have immense production value. And I know, I don't know how you would qualify our podcast, but there is quite a bit of editing that goes on and, and paying attention to how we order things and structure things for logical digestion of the content. But it got me thinking about how, if you think about all of these different tools and channels and any types of mediums that are out there that over the last, let's say, 20 years, 15 years, as things start to accelerate in popularity, everybody starts to jump on these bandwagons. And I think the common thought when you're on these bandwagons is anything, no matter the quality, can do well. And I'm not a believer of that. I'm pretty sure you're not a believer of that. But it's something that kind of aggravates me, I think, sometimes because 
people work very hard to, I think, understand consumer expectations, audience expectations, what they're looking for, what they need to hear, analyzing what they actually want to hear and trying to match up all of that in messaging. And when we're just thinking you can do anything and it's going to be popular because the medium is popular or the tool is popular, that's really an insult to the craft of people and what they're putting into this and trying to learn from it. You know that I do like things that are more polished and pieces that have thought that go into them. And in my mind, yes, those those are the pieces of content, whether it's a podcast or a video or whatever, that are going to do better. But I can't refute the fact that there is so much crappy content out there and some of it is very popular. I think that person is probably giving the impression that anyone can create a podcast and it, it may or may not be a success, whatever you define success to be. That I would disagree with. But I also feel like you will come across content that is terrible and popular. We can't avoid that. How much of this do you think has to do with, with generations? And sometimes I try to put it into the context of like the Facebook generation growing up, right? We were a part of that in its early infancy or in its infancy. And then you think about now what Facebook has become with our parents being on it. And it's definitely an older population that uses it. I wonder sometimes about how, when we think about things like podcasting, that as they start to rise up the level of popularity and consumption, that we're just hearing, or some people are just hearing, well, podcasting is great. Well, stop everything that we're doing and let's go do a podcast. And you throw people at things with zero experience in editing and zero experience and identifying audio experience, consumption, and all that other stuff that it's more or less chasing the next greatest thing than it actually is analyzing whether or not it's going to work for you. Yeah, I think that that is a terrible approach is to, oh, I, I heard... I heard podcasting is doing well, or I heard that a lot of people are using TikTok these days. We definitely need to be there. I disagree with that. And I also wanted to take this moment to brag that I have gone through all of quarantine without yet downloading TikTok. Nice. Nice. Although I tried to like get some intel from you. <laughs> And then you told me that that you that you deleted yours. So yeah, that's why I'm not going to be much help. I I, I I poked my head in the party and I went, nope, this isn't. For me. <laughs> Do you feel like there there is a large group of people or organizations who who purely chase the the platform or or the newest greatest thing? It's like the adage when you say, like, do do you like being in a relationship with me, or do you like the idea of being in a mm. relationship with me? Because I think that's that's the crux here. Being in a relationship is hard work, right? You got to work at it all the time. And I think it's the same thing with anything that's that you're, you're you're putting your heart into, whether it's you know creating content for social podcasting, brand strategy, whatever it is. It's not enough to just say like, I create something, I put it out there, and let everybody consume it. There's work that goes into behind the scenes, cultivating. Uh, relationships, building a brand, paying attention to content, nuances, consumption habits, all of these things go into the final product that that's the relationship. You have a relationship, I think, with the work. You have a relationship with the the opportunity and the experience. The idea of being in a relationship is a lot easier because you just think about the 
oh, it's going to be so nice to be able to hold somebody's hand and be with somebody, but you don't really think about everything that goes into it. And I think that's the difference. It's the idea of creating something for a purpose that you just see the end result. You just see what you hope it could be as opposed to everything that it actually is and what you're learning along the way. Well, you're also going off of what you're hearing and what you're seeing from other people like, oh, I heard this platform is so good. I heard that so many people are using it. So in your mind, there are all these possibilities and you're only focusing on kind of the best case scenario. But to use me and TikTok as an example, I felt like it wasn't even a conversation that I had to have with myself, with me and my company, that to say, should we use TikTok or should we not use TikTok? It was, I, from what I've seen, because people will post reposts on other platforms, I didn't even need to stick my head in to know, like, that is not for me. That's not my space. That's not my style. That's not where my ideal person is going to be hanging out. So it was a no brainer. So do you feel like pretend you're a person who's considering using TikTok or considering starting a podcast, should they know in their heart in the way that I knew in my heart, or should they be asking themselves a series of questions to determine if it's the right move? I think you have to be aware of what the the opportunities are on some of these 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 channels or these mediums and what they provide. And I mean, you should always have a running knowledge of who your audience is, though, and what they not only what they want, but what they what they need to hear from you. And in terms of what you need to say, how does that match up? So if a podcast is 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 determined to be the right direction, then you got to invest in it. It's not enough just to say you're going to do it. I mean, if you're a company or you're, you're, you know, it's about hiring the right people. It's about putting people in the positions that are where they're able to succeed the most. It's not enough to just want to do something. It's got to be a match and based on your audience and where they are and what they expect from you, I think you have the right channel approach just from my knowledge of working with you over the years. It might not necessarily fit in a, in a, in a, in a TikTok platform and that's fine. By the way, I want to know more about your board meetings that you have with yourself and (laughs) like, is there a mahogany, is there a big mahogany table? Like, no, do you sit at one end of it? I have a small desk from target. (laughs) Target desk. (laughs) Uh, it's better than what I have. I've been working for three months on crates stacked up here. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think, but this is where the research comes in, right? This is where you have having the ability to do research into platforms and seeing where your brand can align with what the platforms give you and not just jumping to the popular platform because it's popular. You know, one of the first things I felt like I, I ever learned in digital is, you know, do something really well and then see where the next thing is. It's not about trying to take on everything and then trying to, because then you got to find the time to do it. And I, that's the part in all of this that I find probably the most exhausting is you add mediums or platforms to the, to the, the, to the toolkit. Well, then you got to keep going, right? You can't just have them and not use them if you're telling people you're there. And it's almost exhausting if you don't have a plan for how to use it and forget the plan. If you don't have the people to be able to do the work for it. I mean, that's even more exhausting. I have a, something I'm struggling with right now. Maybe we, maybe we can talk this out in, in real time. You can give me some advice. Okay, let's shoot. What happens when there are people on a platform that you feel like might be your audience, 
but you don't really like the platform. So in my example, I have a pretty sizable Facebook audience and I like all the people that are on there, but I never feel like my heart is in it to post on Facebook. It's, it's always an afterthought. I craft my content for Instagram and then modify it for every other platform. So for Pinterest, Twitter, sometimes, most of the time I can't figure out how to, how to speak my content there. So I just don't do it. And then modify it, just tweak slightly for Facebook. But I feel like I'm always putting it up like, like I have to do this. I have to show up. I have to put this up on Facebook because otherwise I feel like I'm like, you know, missing out on the people who are there and not on Instagram. So what's your advice? <laughs> I think the first thing I would try to do is, is, is do more of an audit of that channel and find out, you know, what, if anything is meeting your goals and there still might be a, a, a purpose for it. It might just not be the original intent. I mean, I think time is valuable. So wasting time on something that, that isn't yielding any results. I mean, yeah, maybe it is time to sort of just, you know, use it as more of a, uh, of a, of a window, you know, dressing kind of a, of a thing than an actually active two way, two way piece, even though that's the nest, that's the way social is built with the growth of, of like groups and things like that on Facebook. I find more success with bringing people like-minded people together around a thing where you can actually have some informed discussions and conversations. And maybe that's more of a, of a, of an approach to look at as using it more as a, as a, um, community based piece than more of a, like a promotional platform, like a broadcasting yeah. promotion. Yeah. Like I, I like that. I I have found, I mean, this is, this is, this may not be of, 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 of help to you at all, but I have found more of my enjoyable experiences when I'm on Facebook, probably within the last 12 months or so has been in groups. There's a danger side to that too. I get that. I get where we are in, in, in the world today, but around things that are, are, you know, of common interest that there are people who you can identify with and, um, people who have shared experiences. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. I mean, that was really kind of like the original, you know, intent of, of things like Twitter and social media is, is that people who have had shared experiences that you could identify with and say, Hey, I've, I've gone through this too and make connections. It's really cool to sort of have that, that feel. I feel like this is like, um, Frazier here where it's like, you're calling the radio show and I'm giving you an answer in a minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, I wouldn't give up on it necessarily, but I would also adjust my, my approach in terms of, you know, if it's not yielding the results that you want, I mean, anywhere, whether it's Facebook or anything, if it's not yielding the results, right. I mean, you trick, you know, you, you, you adjust the formula a little bit, you do a sort of a reset. So, you know, I, I, I would look and say like, you know, is there room to sort of maybe turn this into more of a community group feel peace and, you know, double down on your other accounts and channels that you use to be more of the interactive, gritive, you know, sort of approach to, to it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting that you use the word community because even though Instagram is not really built in that way, that is where my community is. And it's yeah, a little bit in the comments, but it's also in the DMS. And I feel like all of my social friends are all on not all, <laughs> with some exceptions, but most of them are on Instagram. So 
Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's creating a similar community on Facebook, or maybe it's like what you said, kind of just having a like a presence, but not needing for it to be active. I have accounts for my Etsy shop on Instagram and Facebook, and I think Twitter too, but I haven't posted on them in, in maybe a year. And the reason I stopped was I it was not adding to the bottom line of of sales, and I know it you know, for, for everything, it shouldn't be about that. But for that part of my business, it was, and it was just time that I felt like I wanted to use in other places and it was, you know, or resources that I wanted to use in other places. So I just let it go and it hasn't really, you know, made a dent in sales or anything like that. I hope I'm not discouraging people who have Instagrams for their shops. I mean, it certainly helped me grow in the beginning, but I think it's like you said, you have to kind of like look at the numbers and see where, where you're spending your time and what it's yielding. Right. Everybody's different. You know, everybody's bread and butter is made somewhere differently. I feel like every time we've had a guest on the show and we ask them, you know, what's your favorite social platform? I mean, we've had a different answer for each one. Yeah. And and I think that's because they've all, you know, enjoyed some level of success, be it professionally or personally on these on 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 these platforms. You know, another thing that I think is is worth it is is that sometimes I feel like because there's a rise of success with something like podcasting, just looping it back to where we started, that people who do it really well and make it look really easy, it's just thought of that it's just, you know, people just yapping in their basements and, and making jokes and whatever it is and bing, bang, boom, we have an episode and it's out. Like it's very few people who can pull that off and, 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 and do it without actually putting in any effort. There's, you know, months and months and months and months of, of, of prep time. I mean, good Lord, you know, we were talking for what, six months, eight months mm-hmm. before we actually launched the podcast. And I wouldn't necessarily call ours wildly successful, <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it, there was a lot of work that went into the process and it shouldn't just be thrown aside just because something is popular um, you have to do the work, you have to put the effort into it and you have to understand not just doing the work and putting the effort in, but you have to be reasonably confident that it's going to lead to something or that you're going to see it out and not just say, um, let's do three episodes and well, forget about it. Like, you know, that would be really wasting a lot of resources. I, I would think. Yeah. That, I think that that work that we did in the beginning was, was really foundational in figuring out because it wasn't just like, you know, six months of saying, okay, like, let's get started. Let's figure out what mics we are going to get. It was like a conversation about like, okay, we want to work on something together. Is a podcast even like the right channel? Because we discussed other things, if I recall. We talked about going on the road, doing some some traveling live, live stage reads, right? That could still happen, by the way. With you. Yes. It's definitely with you. One man gig. One woman gig. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be me on stage with like your head on a screen next to it. In the basement, just yep. (laughs) Just looking miserable. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod Four Creatives and let us know which stood out to you. I want a footnote in the book. (laughs) 
I want I want to thank I want to this one's dedicated to or I want to I want to maybe I'll give you an acknowledgement in the last like year I have started I read like every acknowledgement section in books that I read some of them are like so boring and it's just like you know every person on their like editorial staff I'm like, all right, yeah. well, like, I don't care about that. Um, and then some of them feel like they're, for some reason, it like makes me think of like a yearbook entry where they're like naming the like, and all of my cousins and like all of these people. It's basically like thinking like every single person in their life. Yearbook things are always so hard because you had to keep it under like a certain amount of words. Like, it's funny. Like, I think yearbook notations were probably like the early onset of Twitter where it's like you really had to get like super tight with abbreviations and, and slang and it never really sounded normal when you read it. Like, you know, it just ne never really sounded it read more like the periodic table of elements when it was all said and done <laughs> all like in code <laughs> yeah right and only you and like four other people knew yeah. about it